0: Good morning, movie friends, and welcome back to the Court of Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Logan, and this is the show where we talk about everything film and TV. Another month has come and gone. and I logged 30 different projects. 29 of them were films, and one was a miniseries. It was a really big month. A lot of the films I reviewed were very, very well done and well-crafted, so I'm not going to waste any more of your time. Let's get into the real meat and potatoes, and talk about all those films. So we started out the month with a very special film of mine that I really love. It holds dear to my heart. It released 10 years ago. Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, and this movie served as the first installment in the DC Extended Universe and a rebooted origin story for Superman. I think that for 10 years, this movie has been overhated and just misunderstood by many fans. I think this film is a great movie, but even better, a very good Superman movie. The score from Hans Zimmer, the story which was written by Christopher Nolan and David Escorier, gave us a really deeper look at the Superman character that we all know and love. And it's just so well executed, so well done, and the just darker and more personal look at Superman that Zack Snyder accomplished is very negatively looked upon, but I think it's one of its biggest strengths throughout the film. It's absolutely immaculate. I gave this movie a a 4.5 out of 5, and it remains great, even after 10 years. I really am upset that Henry Cavill's gone. I can't wait to see what they do with Superman Legacy, but this one will still always exist, and it will hold true as one of the best Superman adaptations we've ever gotten. After that, I watched Tron from 1982, and I had never even seen Tron before. The first Tron, I watched Tron Legacy when I was younger, and I didn't really get what was going on. It makes a lot of sense now because it was a sequel to the 1982 film. I got a chance to watch it for the first time, and I really don't like it too much. I understand it was made in 1982. They really pushed uh, technical advancements with just... I guess, virtual reality and filmmaking like what they did with James Cameron Avatar. But throughout the movie and just through all of the VFX sequences, I felt just very dizzy and just confused of what was going on and where I am in the environment. I appreciate what they did. It's a very big stride with VFX, but it's one I don't see myself revisiting too many times. And on top of that, I think that the story is pretty interesting. It feels like this is based off of Something that came before it, like it's based off of another movie or show that it's like continuing off of, it feels like the movie just starts and you just have to kind of follow along and find your footing in this story and all these characters and the history that came before it. It makes it very interesting. I don't hate it, but I just don't really like it. I'm not really too big of a fan of it. I gave it three stars. Um, It's a sequel to Tron Legacy, so you kind of have to watch it if you want to watch the cooler one, but you can pass it if you want, in my opinion. I've been in a little bit of a 60s and 70s binge this year, and I continue that trend with Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, released in 1960. This movie is brilliant. I had never seen it before. And it's absolutely iconic. It's influential. You can go as far as to say that the horror genre wouldn't be the same as it is if this movie never even came out. It's iconic, memorable. It's very influential. It's brilliant. Cinematography is great. You have great performances so well directed from just a genius of a filmmaker. I feel like it's not trying to do too much as a film, but it's so ahead of its time, and it really does just deserve more love and more praise that it already gets. So don't be the person who hasn't seen Psycho. I give it five stars. You should absolutely watch this as soon as you can. After I watched Psycho that same day, I went to go see Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I already talked about it in its own episode, so I won't talk about it too much here. But uh, my feelings are still the same. I gave it 4.5 out of 5. I may still prefer the first one to the second one. I had to rewatch it to really find my footing on that opinion. But right now, I think it's still on track for a billion at the box office. It's been a pretty competitive box office landscape, but Spider-Verse has still been on top for weeks now. It would definitely cross that 1 billion mark. I think it will definitely still get that Best Animated Feature Film win and maybe a Best Picture nomination. We haven't gotten too many of those, but still, I think you can definitely get that Best Picture nomination. It would be huge for the animation uh, medium. I don't think this movie is absolutely terrible, but a tad bit overrated, I'd say so. I'd say it definitely does feel like this movie is a tad bit overrated, but I still don't hate it. I still gave it a 4.5 out of 5. You know, it's not a bad movie at all by any means. It's a little bit overrated, that's all. So after I saw Spider-Verse, it was like, I think maybe a 40-minute drive home from the theater. I went to one that was not too close to me. And I got home, it was like after 12, I made some dinner, and I was like, you know what? I'm throwing it over the hedge. Over the Hedge is one of my favorite movies of all time, easily. I think it's one of the best animated movies of all time. This is a cinematic gem, and no one really talks about it, but they should for sure. I give it 4 out of 5 stars. I want to talk about this movie just more in depth than just the themes that it delves into, just from this massive retrospective on greed and family and self-discovery. Um, I love it. I love this movie a little bit too much, but I love it so much. Great voice acting performances from Bruce Willis and Steve Carell. I think it's really just ahead of its time, and it's just heartwarming. Go turn this on right now if you haven't seen Over the Hedge. I don't know why you wouldn't. So after that, I finally got a chance to rewatch Tron Legacy. i had seen it before, but just many years ago, and I've just been really hyped up to watch this movie for such a long time now. And I see all the hype. It just gets constantly built up online with that online Tron Legacy fan base. I see you guys, and I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there and just stop beating around the bush. Tron Legacy is just very mid. I don't think this is a good movie at all. It's very overrated. It looks very cool. By all means, it looks very cool. The, the visuals are absolutely incredible you have the same director from top gun maverick doing this one and he's great and daft punk is very great but i think that just the story in the first one is just feels just hollow as is and it just really transfers over to this movie so i think you're just set up for failure and what resulted is just a pretty just mid movie it looks very cool but that's not enough for me next up i watched batman vs superman from Zack snyder another entry into the dceu Another film which I think is just extremely overhated, and I've have just grown such a love for this movie—a love hate relationship. Honestly, there's a lot that this movie and this universe does that I just don't really like, but there's a lot that it did very very well. I think Batman vs Superman is easily one of the best super movies of all time. I see the complaints and I understand the criticism that uh, between Batman and Superman, it feels more of an external conflict instead of an internal conflict. But I think instead of either of those two, it's more a philosophical confrontation at its core, which is what makes it so genius. I think in a world of superhero movies really dominating and we have just superhero fatigue now, it just makes it very interesting to look at and say, okay, this movie was really ahead of its time and really just explore what it means to be a hero and heroism in the modern world. That's what makes it great. But the score from Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL... Absolutely incredible. Ben Affleck, Batman, is just great in every single scene he's in. Henry Cavill, Superman, still one of the best that we've ever gotten, rivaling Christopher Reeves, in my opinion. That's Batman vs Superman. I give it four out of five stars. You should actually revisit this one and really, instead of what you want to see, look at what's actually happening. And I think you'll really understand this movie. Next up, I watched 1001. It premiered in the Sundance Film Festival earlier this year, and it... Came out to a lot of love. And I'm happy I got a chance to finally sit down and watch it. It's absolutely great. A decade-spanning story between a mother and son. It's very beautiful. It's very intimate. Uh, Tiana Taylor right now is really a front-runner for Best Actress in a Leading Role at the Oscars. And that may not change for a pretty long time. She did great in this movie. Beautiful cinematography. Beautiful score. Beautiful costume design. I love how it goes through, I think maybe two or three decades and you could see the setting really evolve with each time period which is very cool and very well done so definitely give it a watch it's very interesting and it's very underrated I don't see a lot of people talking about this movie but they really should next up I watched Lost in Translation which was pretty sad to watch honestly not the movie itself which is pretty tragic but also just the story behind how this movie relates to uh, her from Spike Jones. If you don't know the story, um, Sofia Coppola and Spike Jones, two directors, were married at one point. They got divorced, and then they both made a movie reflecting on their side of the divorce and why they eventually split up. And Sofia Coppola made this film, *Lost in Translation*, and Spike Jones made her to reflect his side of the relationship as well. And after watching both of those movies, now it's just really is so sad seeing why they both split up and just. What was happening in their mind that maybe could have all been fixed. Lost in Translation has great performances from Bill Murray and Scott Johansson. I love just really the establishment of this setting that takes place in, I think, South Korea, if I'm not mistaken, or Japan. It's beautiful. It's great. I love, love the relationship between Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson's characters in this film. It feels so natural. I love that establishing the setting in Japan really brings these two characters together, but also I think it really builds a connection between the audience and these characters as well. Seeing how, if you're watching the film, most likely you're speaking English, and that's what these characters are speaking as well, so it really does build a bond and uh, just a level of comfort you have with them as they try to find their way in this big city. I give this movie 4 out of 5 stars. I definitely think you should watch it alongside her, so you can see how they both just complement each other and just make for some very, very interesting storytelling. Next up, I watched Chicken Little, which released in 2005 from Disney Animation Studios. This movie is absolutely immaculate. Chicken Little is literally me. I saw this movie when I was just a little foundling, and even today, I can admit this is one of the greatest films ever made, ever put to a silver screen. If you haven't seen this movie, what are you doing? Go watch this movie right now. Watch it again, and if you can't remember it too well, give it three out of five stars. It's one of the best ever made. Chicken Little Enjoyers, I think now is our time to finally rise up and take over. Let people know we still exist. It's only like five people, it's only like five Chicken Little Enjoyers left in the world, but still. We're still here, and we're so proud. Next up, I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. This movie is absolutely incredible. I think every frame of this movie is a work of art. It's absolutely great. I love the 70-millimeter aspect ratio that they have here. It's presented so beautifully. Number one, we shouldn't even be talking about this movie. It was a pretty long time where this movie was just talked about as almost like a ghost or a phantasm to have an actual film. No one even knew if it existed, but it was just on Zack Snyder's iPad Mini. All of the journey that all these characters are embarked on to come together and become the Justice League. It's very well done. Zack Snyder did a great job here. Ray Fisher is the heart of this movie. Uh, Ray Fisher, cyborg. It's so sad seeing how he was treated. Uh, Barry Allen, Flash, uh, Ezra Miller. Very charming. Very well done. Bad Fleck, Henry Cavill, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa. The list goes on. I, I can't really give enough praise to this movie. I think it's probably the second best from the Zack Snyder DCEU. Number one for me is still probably Man of Steel. I'm just... a a lot of bias with that, but still, I love it. I give it a 4.5 out of 5. It's a hefty watch. I mean, four hours long. You could watch it along like, a week if you wanted to. But definitely watch it. I definitely think it's worth your time. It's really cool also seeing just the different uh, styles of directing between Joss Whedon and Zack Snyder with these characters. The one that's superior is pretty obvious, but you can also just see that for yourself if you watch it. So I definitely say give it a watch. It's definitely worth your time. Next up is Rob Reiner's Flipped. When it comes to Rob Reiner, everyone just seems to talk about When Harry Met Sally, or they talk about The Princess Bride. But Flipped is one of his only films that he wrote and directed. And this movie is just very well done. It's a great romance movie. It's not really a rom-com either. It's just a romance drama. It's very well done. It's so good. I give it 4 out of 5 stars. If you love Rob Reiner, it's definitely just one that you really should explore. Next up was Transformers Rise of the Beast and it's not the best movie of the year, but as a fan of the Transformers brand and just a long-time fan, mainly from Michael Bay Transformers movies, I was definitely very pleased with this movie in this entry. It's good seeing that the franchise is in pretty good hands. You could definitely see the creators just love the lore for Transformers, and they're definitely going back and tapping into that. But I also love more how we're seeing just more character from the Autobots and from the Decepticons, more their motives. I'm not sure if this movie will get any other installments. I don't know how it's performing at the box office, but it's pretty competitive right now in the landscape, and a lot of movies are kind of flopping because there's a lot of options out there. Regardless, this movie was very good, and I really want to see more. I give it 3.5 out of 5. It's not the best Transformers movie that still belongs to Dark of the Moon. It's still a very, very promising entry into this franchise. Next up was Beautiful Boy, starring uh, Steve Carell and... Timothy Chalamet. This movie is very good. It's very emotional. It's very heartbreaking. I kind of just wish we got more characterization from Timothy Chalamet's character. It's based on a true story, and the father and son in the real life actually wrote this movie. Most of it's told through the perspective of the father, rightfully so, when you look at what's actually unfolding. I gave it three and a half out of five. It can lean towards a four. Next up was City of God. This movie was one of the best I watched in the entire year. I only gave three five stars this entire month this movie is absolutely perfect I think it has just zero flaws there's a lot of different storylines being just weaved together and it just doesn't feel rushed or like there's too much going on. The stylized style of directing is very well done. You have a lot of high frame rate sequences, which are just very well done and just contrast so well. It's great. It's absolutely phenomenal. Incredible performances, incredible set pieces. Go watch it. It's one of those I can't really describe to you how good it is without getting into spoilers. It's one of the best foreign films I've ever seen. One of the best films I've ever seen, ever. After that, I went from watching a pretty good movie to watching a pretty mid-movie, The Flash, 2023. Still kind of disappointed. I already talked about it in its own episode. I think that after The Flash, the DC is officially dead. The Flash was the nail in the coffin for the DCEU, and I don't think it will ever recover. There's a lot of blame to go around. I think mainly just the fans, corporate interference. Very sad seeing what they could have done, but they just failed to execute. I'm very sad as a fan and as just... Someone who loves movies just seeing what it could have been and how they just really wasted it. I give it three and a half out of five stars. I wanted to do uh, special episodes for Man of Steel, Batman vs Superman, and Zack Snyder in Justice League. Since the Flash was just mid and no one really cared, I just will probably not even bother. If you guys want to see that, I mean, sure. I mean, just let me know. Reply down if you're listening on Spotify. Just reply down in the Q&A feature if you want to see it. If you don't, then I won't even bother. The Flash, pretty mid, three and a half out of five. Then we go see it honestly wait till streaming which i rarely ever say but for this it's a rare exception next up i watched transformers dark of the moon i give it four out of five stars this is one of the best action movies of all time it doesn't even come close not even at all uh best transformers movie easily whatever they're building with this new universe will never come even a mile close to what michael bay did with dark of the moon American history with this Transformers history makes it just so eerie and so scary. I mean, you have blending of the moon landing and also their blending. uh, I heard Chernobyl for the first time when I watched this movie, which I was like, what Chernobyl? What the heck? It's crazy. I love it so much. I just went from cheering to just crying my eyes out in this two and a half hour runtime. Four out of five. Go watch the best Transformers movie ever made right now. Next up, I watched Notting Hill. I'm not going to lie, Notting Hill is one of the most overrated movies ever made. I think this is just a pretty meh romance. It just, one, feels corny, but also the performance from Julia Roberts feels so weird. It just feels so forced. I mean, if you watch it, it it feels like it's not natural whatsoever. I feel like she gives no emotion, which maybe that's just artist intent. Still, I don't like what they did with that. I think she could have just done a lot better, but they were just maybe holding her back. I don't know. I saw a list recently from, I think it was The Hollywood Reporter or Forbes or something. They put this movie in like the number three for rom-coms, which is an absolute travesty. It's just absolutely rancid. I don't know who made that list, but it's just false in every single way. I think Notting Hill isn't even in the top ten for rom-coms. Not even in, it's not not on any list ever. I give it three out of five stars. Go watch When Harry Met Sally or 10 Things I Hate About You. Those are much better films than this. Next up was Chicken Run from DreamWorks Animation, another stop-motion animated film. Chicken Run is very good. I think Wallace and Gromit is better, but Chicken Little is still very, very well done. So, yes, watch it. I give it 3.5 out of 5. I'm excited to see what the sequel does for Chicken Run. I don't really know. We got a little teaser. I thought that it was coming out maybe in, like, August. It's not coming out until December. I don't know why they would show it to me if I can't have it, like, right now. Like, why would—I just watched the first one for the first time, and then you show me a teaser when we're, like, not even, like, five months out from the movie. Like I don't know what 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 like what are you doing? Like I I'm 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 mad I'm angry right now, but hey whatever I'll just wait for it. I'm more excited for Chicken Run honestly than like Oppenheimer right now. I'm Not gonna lie, Chicken Run two Chicken Run two sweep guarantee you. But Chicken Run was alright. It was it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but you know doesn't compare to Wallace and Gromit. But you know I don't hate it. Next up I watched After Sun from May twenty four. This was my third five-star movie for the month, and this movie is just incredible. I think when you're watching it for the first time, you're going to think to yourself, this feels like just so convoluted, or it's not even convoluted, but just like it's just not very nuanced, it just feels very random. But then it it wasn't until like the last 20 minutes of the film where I really understood what it was telling and what this movie is really about, and that's where it earned its five stars. When you watch it again and on rewatch, it gets even more painful in what Sun is trying to tell you, and... It's so sad. It's heartbreaking. It's tragic. It came out in 2022. Paul Mescal he gave an absolutely incredible performance. Aftersun is definitely a top 4 A24 movie. I love it so much. It just definitely is something very special. Watch it if you haven't already. It came out in 2022. It's not on too many streaming services right now, surprisingly. But it's great. Next up, I watched another Coen Brothers entry inside Lewin Davis. And this movie is just pretty simple. It's not trying to do too much. It's literally just about a guy who plays blues, who is couch surfing for about a hundred minutes and he carries around a cat for a lot of that movie too and honestly it's just pretty special i don't know it's not trying to do too much but that's maybe honestly what makes it so good just following just the very massive theme of who are you in this very massive universe you should honestly give it a watch give it four out of five stars I think you'll probably like, especially if you like Oscar Isaac, who's leading this movie. Oscar Isaac's great. He's been killing it for many years now. I watched the 1955 animated film Lady and the Tramp for the first time. I had seen the 2019 live-action remaster of the film, and that one wasn't terrible. And then I finally got a chance to watch this one. I love just the hand-drawn animation from this era of Disney, their golden era. It's just so beautiful. It's so crisp. Lady and the Tramp is a pretty forgettable film. I challenge you to name me one thing in this movie besides the spaghetti scene. I challenge you, and you most likely will not be able to. Doesn't make it a bad movie, but still, just overall, very forgettable. It's iconic, I'll give you that, but name me one scene besides the spaghetti scene, and you're going to be lost for words, I promise you. Four out of five, though, not bad. So after this is when I really started going on my A24 binge. I watched seven A24 movies this entire month. Seven, I think, or eight. I don't even know. But it was a lot of A24 movies. And the next movie was Pearl, which came out in 2022. It's the X origin story. It's pretty interesting how it was made. Uh, pretty much, they are filming X. They are already on the location. They thought, hey, why not write another movie? T. West and Mia Goth collaborated to write this script in, I think, it was like two months. And I love the style of this movie. It's stylized like it's a 40s. No, not even 40s. It feels a lot like, um, Hello Dolly, the Disney movie. It it gives vibes of that, that era, if you, you know what I mean. It's pretty well done. It's pretty interesting. Me and Goth, you have an incredible performance. That final shot in the movie is bonkers. It's crazy. But also, more importantly, is that our Superman, David Cornswit, was in this movie. And this was pretty weird seeing him as my introduction to Superman, the new Superman. Uh... I won't say what happens to him, but, you know, it's pretty interesting seeing the stuff that he does in this movie. But, hey, I, I'm excited for him. His, his initials are literally DC, so he, he's bound to be successful. But Pearl, overall, 4 out of 5 stars. Should you watch it? I think you should. I like it more than X, honestly. So, should you watch it? I'd say so. The next A24 film, The Florida Project. I finally got a chance to watch it. It's been on my watch list for a pretty long time now. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and it's absolutely great. I think it's awesome. I think I have it in my top 10 for twenty four right now. I'm not sure. But regardless, the movie is very well crafted. I love the cinematography. It's absolutely incredible. It's absolutely beautiful. The set design is pretty cool as well. I mean, the setting taking place in the touristy area of Orlando, Florida by Disney and Universal, all those parks. It's very well done. I love the just the capturing that setting. It's very cool. And just the story of just poverty and homelessness and just kids trying to find themselves in this setting. It feels very cool. You should absolutely watch it. That cinematography is scrumptious. I'll tell you what. Next up was Past Lives. I talked about Past Lives in its own episodes. So I'm not going to talk about it too much here. My feelings for this movie still remain the same. Watch it in theaters. See it as soon as possible. In its opening weekend, it only made like a million dollars. And it got removed from like a thousand theaters already. Just because no one really wants to see it. No one really knows about it. Everyone just wants to see Oppenheimer and Barbie. Please go see Past Lives first if you can. Please see it as soon as you can. Past Lives 2023, I give it four and a half out of five. And if you're wondering if you should watch it already, I beg of you to go see this movie as soon as possible. So majority of this month, I was watching Normal People, which is a Hulu original series, mini-series, and it stars Oscar-nominated Paul Mescal and Daisy Edgar-Jones in this very tragic love story. And it's, yeah, it's very sad. I don't want to watch it again, honestly. It's based off of a novel, and it's just very well-crafted, I think, a very good adaptation. Series are honestly the best way to adapt something long-form like this. The show came out in 2020, I give it a 4.5 out of 5. The odds we get season 2 is pretty slim since the show ends where the book ends and also paul mescal is like on his way to win an oscar so he doesn't really care but i definitely say watch it i say for these like shorter series watch them pretty slowly i took my time throughout this month just watching an episode and episode here and there throughout the month so it really just felt connected to these characters even more the episodes are only like 20 minutes long but it just really engrosses you when you take your time with a series like this one Definitely give it a watch if you can. Next up was Under the Silver Lake. This is definitely one of the most underrated and underappreciated A24 films by far. Directed by David Robert Mitchell. It takes heavy inspiration from noir films from like the 50s and 60s. If you literally close your eyes and turn the volume up, it you're going to think you're watching a movie that is directed by hitchcock it feels just like such a cool little neo-noir it feels like chinatown honestly it's so well done it's very weird seeing um my spider-man andrew garfield doing these very terrible things but still it's so cool seeing how the story unwraps and unravels i want to dive into it more honestly in a second watch i give it a four out of five it's extremely underrated criminally underrated give it a watch as soon as you can Next up was Minari, and I watched Minari's movie star Steven Yeun, Academy Award nomination for him in this movie. It's absolutely great. It's so sad. I love the themes of just building a legacy and just building a legacy for your family and how far that can really take you and how far that will negatively affect you as well. Definitely a film that will just connect with a lot of immigrants in this country just at its core coming into America to build a legacy, but how that can really negatively affect the family and just be focus on that one thing and nothing else. The benefits of that, but also just negatively how that will affect you and your family mentally. It's beautiful. And also the cinematography is great as well. I think this film is free on YouTube, so definitely give it a watch if you haven't already. You might as well. Four and a half out of five, though. It's very well done. Next up was The Green Knight. And I remember seeing The Green Knight. It came out in 2021 when theaters were still not doing too hot so not a lot of people got a chance to see it but the green knight is very very cool it's very well done at the end just the lighting is just absolutely great just they put key lighting in behind all the windows it's absolutely great it's beautiful set design costume design love it so much love it all it's most definitely worth a watch it's also free to watch online as well so gave it four and a half out of five it's beautiful end of the month off with some christopher nolan end of the month off with dunkirk dunkirk is one of my lesser favorite movies from christopher nolan i don't think it's bad i just don't Really like it too much. I love the visual storytelling. The IMAX ratio is just great. What Christopher Nolan and what his team's doing with IMAX is great. I want to get hyped up for Oppenheimer a little bit, so I decided to watch this one. I give it four out of five stars. I don't hate it. it isn't one of my favorites. I really wanted it to be. I wanted to rewatch and just really kind of go into it with a fresh new lens. And my feelings are still honestly the same that it's just that lack of character in this movie makes sense narratively why they did that. And it's just relying more on the spectacle and just uh, the story of Dunkirk over. The characters in the film that can make sense, but you know, for me, I think that kind of drags it down for me personally. But still, doesn't make it terrible. Get your own opinion on it. I'm gonna be talking about it a little bit more when I rank Christopher Nolan's movies coming up in the next couple of weeks. Is it worth your time? I'd say yes. It's very beautiful, but it's just not for me. All right, congrats I made it to me! end of another episode of the Court Cinema podcast. Pretty long one. I didn't really want it to be this long, but when you watch 29 movies and one miniseries in a month, it's gonna be a pretty long episode, regardless. So. If you haven't already, follow us on our socials, link down below. We're also now on Thread, which is pretty weird. I tried out Thread today. It's a pretty weird little Twitter replicant. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a Christopher Nolan ranking as well as a Barbenheimer episode to really highlight the two films and which one you should probably see first. Until then, let me know you watch in the month of June. Let me know which one you're going to see first, Barbie or Barbenheimer. I really want to know. really want to see. Until next time, find us in all of your podcast directories. And I'm your host, Logan, and I'll see you in the movies.